0: pray with me let's pray together God we gather this morning and God we cry out for you to be our deliverer we pause in the midst of our lives in this busy season God, would you speak to us? So we hit pause for just an hour this morning on uh, the preparations, the shopping, the uh, decorating, the festivities. God, would you break into our world as you did 2,000 years ago? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it is almost Christmas. You've almost made it. <laughs> Are you ready? I uh, I have one gift. I'm uh, nervously checking the tracking uh, number on, hoping it's going to make it in time. It's the happiest time of the year, but it's the busiest time of the year. We've got Christmas parties and Christmas presents and... Uh, Christmas decorating and uh, shopping for loved ones and Christmas dinner. Are you ready? No? (laughs) we are almost out of time. You know, one of our our favorite Christmas traditions as a family, I think this has kind of become an official thing this year. There are so many Christmas movies that we've got to get through every year, and it's just not Christmas at the Hales uh, house until... Um, you know, we've gotten through our favorite Christmas movies. It's not Christmas until Kevin slams those robbers, you know, in the face with an iron and, and they take a couple paint cans in the head. Uh, it's not Christmas until the kids get their hot chocolate on the on the Polar Express. It's definitely not Christmas until Clark W. Griswold Jr. sets a new amateur recreational saucer sled land speed record. But this year, I almost forgot my, my favorite Christmas movie. My favorite Christmas movie is a movie called The Children of Men. Now, if you've ever seen The Children of Men, you're probably thinking that's not a Christmas movie, but it's undeniably uh, the story of Advent. Uh, the, the Children of Men is set in a dystopian future where the human race for 27 years has been infertile. And nobody knows why. And can you imagine living in a world where no child has been born for 27 years? And the world has descended into chaos, the human race uh, is facing disillusionment. Many people have given up their will to live while other people uh, simply try to distract themselves with any comfort they can find as the human race marches towards its own extinction. And in the midst of this dark world, in the midst of this world that feels so hopeless, a young woman is discovered to be pregnant. And everybody wants to grab her and use her for their own purposes. And so she is um, hidden away and smuggled into a refugee camp. And there in the darkness, hidden from the world, a baby is born. And they bring this baby out into the street, and just for just a moment, as the world sees the birth of this child, there is peace, and there is silence. As, as the world beholds for the first time in 27 years, the birth of a child. That's what Christmas is all about, isn't it? One child, born in obscurity, born in poverty, that changes everything for everyone. I saw this week that there are 300,000 children born every day. And any one of us who's a parent knows that the birth of a child changes everything, right? It changes everything about your life. It changes your social calendar changes your finances, changes how you spend your free time. But the child born at Christmas changed everything, not just for his immediate family, not just for his extended uh, family and his relatives, but he changed everything for the entire world and everyone in it because the child born at Christmas comes to shine light into a dark world. The child born at Christmas is a sign that God has broken into our world to be our deliverer, that he is coming to heal and restore and bring hope and to save. This fall, since the fall at, at Resurrection of Sea, we've been looking at the book of Hebrews. And so this morning we are uh, somewhat wrapping up our, our study of the book of Hebrews by just referencing these words from the last chapter. In Hebrews 13, where God, through the author of Hebrews, says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And so we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can anyone do to me? Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The child born at Christmas changes everything because Christmas shows us what it looks like for God to keep that promise. It shows us, Christmas shows us what it looks like for God to never leave us or forsake us. The birth of Jesus is nothing short of God coming to be with us. Christmas, I think, is one of those seasons that sort of has the effect of magnifying whatever else is going on in our lives, doesn't it? Um, It's a season where it's festive and it's fun and there's there's this pressure to... Um, make everything look beautiful to decorate our houses and to give our kids the perfect Christmas presents And um, a friend of mine was asking on, uh, on Facebook this week who is the Martha Stewart of today you know who is the person who is, who is just a perfectionist about presenting a beautiful Christmas and I think the answer is Instagram <laughs> instead of one perfectionist We have millions and millions of people driving us to present the image of perfection on Christmas. No offense to any Instagrammers in the room. And yet I think what often happens for us at Christmas is the pressure to have a perfect Christmas can add extra pressure to the difficulties of our lives the strained relationships, the, the sense that we're buying Christmas for our kids and we have no idea how we're going to pay for it. All of the losses of the last year suddenly feel more acute at Christmas. And the pressure to make our Christmas appear Instagram-worthy can make it feel even more difficult. And so this morning I have good news for you. This morning I have good news for you because Christmas isn't about making it look like we have everything together. Christmas is about what God has done to break into our world. To break into our world, to come and be with us, to meet us, and to heal us. God breaks into the world at the very point at which we most need healing. God comes into the world to take on our flesh. I've said this several times this season, but we live in a culture that swings between hype and cynicism. We live in a world where we are tempted to kind of highlight our successes and ignore our failures, ignore the failures of our friends to so kind of sweep them under the rug until things get so bad that we can't deny it anymore, and so we just back away, and we bail on each other, and we give up on our people and our places. And our tendency is to ignore the problem or to just kind of wipe the... Uh, wipe the boards clean, and start all over again. But that is not at all the way God deals with our problem. Christmas shows us the way that God deals with the problem of our sin and our shame. God doesn't ignore it. He doesn't wipe the slate clean and start over again. But like a master artist, a master creator, God breaks into our world, meets us at the very point of our need, and then begins the project of working to fix us. To restore us, to make our world even more beautiful, because it was broken, and yet He is restoring it. I don't know if you know who uh, Wynton Marsalis is. Wynton Marsalis, for about twenty years, uh, was considered the uh, kind of the embodiment of jazz. He's a trumpeter. Uh, trumpeter, I guess is right? a jet. He plays the trumpet. <laughs> he's a jazz musician. I came across, I was reminded this week of a story of a, uh, of a, a, a obscure um, concert show, really, concert's too big of a word, that Wynton Marsalis played in a basement club in New York City in 2001. And uh, he was playing with a, a band that nobody had ever heard of, and it was sort of a lackluster performance until towards the end of the set, Wynton Marsalis got up to play a song called, I don't stand a ghost of a chance with you. And it was a solo that he played on his trumpet and he just masterfully embodied this mournful uh, sort of love song. Until he reached the end of the song and in the final phrase, that title statement, I don't stand a ghost of a chance with you, he allowed each successive note to linger in the air just a little bit longer. I don't stand a ghost of a chance, and at that moment, as the audience was silent, waiting, you know, with bated breath for the fun finale, somebody's cell phone rang. But now, now, but now, now, but now, 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 but now, now, but now, now, but now, now, now. Two thousand one. And a a journalist for the Atlantic Monthly was there, and he said he wrote down on his notepad, magic ruined. When that cell phone went off, people giggled, and they began to chat and pick up their drinks, and the person, the cell phone offender, ran out into the hall. But Wynton Marsalis stood there at the front of the room silently. And then on his trumpet replayed, note for note, that tacky <laughs> cell phone jingle. He stood there, his eyebrows arched, the cell phone offender scooted out of the room and still frozen at the microphone. and Marcellus replayed the silly cell phone melody note for note, and then he repeated it and began improvising variations on the tune. The audience slowly came back to him. And in a few moments, he resolved the improvisation, which he had changed uh, the key of once or twice and throttled down the tempo to that of a ballad until he finally came back and resolved that final phrase, I don't stand a ghost of a chance with you. And the journalist wrote magic Restored. And that is what God is doing at Christmas. He could have ignored our problem and walked away, or he could have said, this is hopeless and wiped the board clean. But instead, God comes and takes on our flesh, meets us at the greatest point of our own failure. Jesus, the baby born in the manger, grows into a man who lived a perfect life. Who died the death that we deserved and was raised again to new life. In order to heal us. And it is all the more beautiful. Because what was ruined has been restored. What if Christmas is the story of God the artist breaking into our world into the world that he created to restore it, to save it, to make it even more beautiful because he has rescued it. That's what the angel promised when he appeared to Joseph in a dream and said to him, Joseph, don't be afraid to marry Mary because the child in her womb, it is the work of the Holy Spirit. And you shall call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. We pray with me? Oh, God, what a beautiful and moving story. And yet, God, we uh, gather this morning because the stories are true. You are at work in our world. You have broken into the darkness to shine light, to give hope. To the hopeless. Would you break into each of our lives this Christmas? God, whether we have walked with you for decades or whether we were dragged into church this morning by loved ones, would you break into our lives? Would you restore what is broken in us? Would you help us to celebrate Christmas truly this year? We thank you for the beautiful story of Jesus our Savior. We pray in his name. Amen. Amen.